Hey guys, welcome back to Season 2 of the Asian Hustle Network Podcast, where we dive deep into stories of Asian entrepreneurs around the world. Be sure to check out our book, Uplifted, Journeys of Abundance, Community, and Identity, and check out our directory and marketplace at AsianHustleNetwork.com. We hope you enjoy this week's episode. If you like this podcast, don't forget to leave a five-star review. Hey guys, welcome to the Asian Hustle Network Podcast. My name is Brian. And my name is Maggie. And we interview Asian entrepreneurs around the world to amplify their voices and empower Asians to pursue their dreams and goals. We believe that each person has a message and a unique story from their entrepreneurial journey that they can share with all of us. Welcome to another episode on the Asian Hustle Network podcast. Today we have Sean. Sean, welcome to the podcast. It's my honor and pleasure. We finally got to do this. I know. <laughs> for our listeners, we've been trying to work out an arrangement to record Sean for our podcast for a while now. We're super excited to have him on the show. Sean, tell us about yourself. Tell us about your upbringing and who you are. So uh, my name is Sean Lee. I came to the United States when I was 14. So my upbringing is kind of tough. So at age of five, my parents divorced. And my father was very physically abusive. And from 5 to 14, I just can't wait to see my mom again. But I, my mom left Taiwan at a time ever since their divorce. So my mom came to the United States right after the divorce. And I don't, I don't get to see my mom again until 14 because my dad decided to remarry age 14. And his new wife doesn't want to have anything to deal with me. So uh, my dad ended up sending me here to the United States to stay with my mom. And after that, and uh, when I got here, I found out that my mom was pretty much an alcoholic. And so I came here at age 14 and my mom was very mental abusive. And after that, I 17 years old, I ran away from home, become homeless, sleep on the street, start working at Oz and Ends job. So even to today, I only have high school degree. So people out there, I couldn't apply for a job, so don't worry. <laughs> so that was summarized really quickly on my childhood. And which later on, you guys will understand why I do so much what I'm doing right now for the kids right now out there in the community. Yeah. yeah, I have to commend you for that. It's uh, I didn't know about your childhood to that extent, but thank you so yeah. much for sharing that. Right, it's it shows what kind of perseverance you have as a person, right? And I want to understand when you were going through your darkest moments and when you were running away from home, like what was rushing through your mind, right? What were you thinking? Like, was it survival? Was it anger? Was it resentment? Or like, what were you thinking at the time? It's got a more, but it's funny. Survival was the last. So I was. Okay, when I first went, I was sleeping in the park. And at the time, there's no pager or cell phone. So then my friends found out that I was supposed to be at certain events with them, like maybe play a round of tennis or have a lunch together with them and ended up being show up. And they started calling my house and my mom just had one doesn't, want to, doesn't want to have anything to do with me. My mom just told him, oh, he's dead. He's no longer existing in this household. That's when a bunch of my friends gathered and started looking for me and they found me in the park. So one of my best friends to still till today, he actually took me home and I stayed in his garage I don't know why a lot of people that has couch in their garage, but <laughs> back in the day, that was like a thing. I slept on the couch for a while and, uh, you know, I, I love this guy. We're still very, very close friend today. Then I found there on and uh, I started looking for a job, trying, trying to rent the house and pay for rents. Uh, but I, I, I did live quite a long time, pretty much just like I have no money and trying to survive. So yes, what you mentioned, I have after all the anger, the abandonment, the sadness, the, there's a lot of why that you know, you ask yourself, what did I do as a kid, right? What did I go as a five-year-old that deserved to get beat up like that? What did I do as, I used to be very resentful against the world. I was one of those guys that never got any love from parents. 
So Mother's Day, Father's Day is very tough for me, right? So as you get older, you forget that. You have to learn to forgive. Learning to forgive things is one of the biggest virtue I have learned in my life. Of course, I don't just all of a sudden one day go like, oh, I found God. I become forgive. I can forgive everything. No, it doesn't work like that. It's a process. You have to actually uh, walk your way up. It's like you're never going to come to the United States and immediately know how to speak English. You have to take ESL one, ESL two, learn grammar, learn. It's the same thing. It's a process. You know, as you go through life, the more and more you know about life, then you understand the process, then you learn to forgive. It's just that simple. That's really... It's, it's a very complicated procedure. If anybody can tell you that, oh, I can forgive anybody who has ever done something for me right away. That's impossible. It takes years of practice to do that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really... I was on the street. Unfortunately, I do have a lot of anger. I love to fight. And, uh, you know, I was... I was in Asian gang for a while and, and, you know, I got into trouble, you know, a lot back in the days. I was, I was misused, you know, because I was one of those kids that had a lot of anger and people want to use me with that anger. And people say, oh, I'll pay you $500, go there and, you know, do something. And I'll do it because we're making $325 an hour. Somebody pays me $500 to do stupid stuff. Like we, we do it, you know? So let's be on the camera a little bit before you say bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> Or Sean just showed us his dog. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I mean, it's ooh, I don't know. I, I grew it's, up it's, in, a lot, it's a lot. To, it's a lot to take in. I know in certain short. It is. I grew up in six to six, and I I could say that I have a lot of friends with similar backgrounds as well. But the thing that really separates you from them is that you're able to sort of realize that, right? And I feel mm-hmm. like awareness is a big part of growing as a person. That you are aware of what happened to you, and you know of your situation. So out of curiosity, what was a turning point like where you realized this is enough, right? I need to make something out of my life. I need to do something better for myself. And I want to dive so, deep into that part too. So honest to God, okay, it was when I got arrested. It was like, this is not a life I want, you know? I think I'm pretty smart. And do I want to be with all these people that's currently around me? This guy steals car, that guy's a rapist. It might fit in this category. Who am I want to be? Yeah, I don't have a good degree. I know at a time when I run away from home, I don't have the money to go to good school. And now, why am I going to make it out of myself? Do I want to be a rapist? Do I want to be a guy that talk about how to steal a car next to me? I mean, I want to be one of those guys. The answer is no. Then I come out and I start looking for a real job. And I don't, I no longer, I was no longer in the gang. And uh, I start looking for a real job. And I work as delivery boy. I look at, but again, you know, I don't have any degree, right? And my English was bad. Remember, I came here at 14. I ran, I ran away from home at 17. You know, I was basically ESL 3, ESL 4 at the time. So, I mean, you definitely turned it around, right? So you started finding a normal job. Sean, what was your first job like? And I know you mentioned earlier that it was hard for you to find a job. What was that first person that took a chance on you? So the first person that took a chance for me actually changed my life. So before this job, I was working at McDonald's. I eat the food at McDonald's, throw it away. Back in the day, like every 18 or 21 minutes, McDonald's throw away their burger. So what happens is I put them in a special trash bag, I hide them. And then my only transportation at the time was actually a scooter. So as you remember, even LA Southern rain, as you remember, I don't have gloves. And I was, on, I was in McDonald's uniform and, and I had short sleeves on and I was trying to protect that bag of a, uh, food and putting right in the middle of my right between my leg they're trying to ride it back and the only investment i did i had at the time was actually a microwave and a fridge and uh, i was renting a place that's only enough for a twin size bed so i work out everything mcdonald's because for food delivery boy forklift driver i work as a carry submits then you know how bad the older company were because i work in a very uh, well-known chemical place and they don't have you wear a mask and i'm glad i didn't die from that yeah it's i'm 53 right so you look back 
almost 40 years ago, 30 something years ago, there's no protection towards workers. But however, that's a different subject. So my first job, actually, I work as a delivery driver and for a company in shipping business, logistic. The company is actually called Speedmark. They still exist today. And my boss at the time, his name is Nick Chen. And uh, he hired me based on $1,100 a month. At least, but at least for once in my life, I have actually a consistent salary. Because you work McDonald's, you understand. Today, you might work for three hours. Tomorrow, you might go for two hours. Then the next day, you might be for six hours or in all different times. You might work today from 9 to 1. The other day, we'll work from 6 to 12 a.m. You know, you're never stable. So I met Nick and found the ad to Chinese newspaper. And when they interview, he said, yeah, sure. Once I started working and uh, he... One day he sent me down and talked to me, go, you're too smart for this. You got to better yourself. I said, I don't need to better myself. I'm okay. I just want to survive. And at the time I live on Rosemead, I have to drive all the way from Rosemead to LAX because it's a cargo business. I do that every morning at 6 a.m. At the time, there's no 105 freeway. You have to drive local all the way there. I was lazy too. I was, I was really lazy. I'm being very frank. I mean, all the, and, uh, I was really lazy. I was a really bad worker. I was like, sometimes if I get lazy, I call in sick all the time. So I was getting sick all the time because I don't eat right, right? Eating all the junk food and the uh, you know, kids out there, you listen to this, do not eat junk food. So <laughs> so then he gave me a chance and uh, slowly he goes, you need to go back to school learning English. He actually pays me to go back to learn English. That I don't eat right. He actually bring me lunchbox every day. So whatever he eats, I'll have it. Then he he didn't just use me as a forklift driver. He, he actually, everywhere he goes, I become his chauffeur. I drive him everywhere. So I was with him almost like 24-7. And if I call him sick, he will actually show up at my house, pick me up, make sure I'm sick. He's like my father. And yeah, but he's my boss. Because of him, I learned how to type again. Remember, I only had high school graduate. I didn't know how to type. So I learned how to type again. I learned how to speak English and... Not that well, but, you know, not like you kids now, but, but, you know, I learned grammar. I learned proper etiquettes on how to do things. And so I'd be with him for about five, six years. Uh, then he slowly pushed me to do operations, which is documentations for cargo industry. So that means so just typing out the documents. Then at the time, there's no fax, there's telex. That's before fax. That's how old I am. So there's no email at a time because there's no modem. There's no internet at a time. Wow, I am old. <laughs> but however, so, 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 so then, then slowly after he left, he goes, you really need to focus on trying to become a salesman. So I go, okay. Then right before he left and I, he promoted me to become a salesman. And I started trying to learn how to sell stuff. He said, your personality is great. You love to deal with people. You should be a salesman. So I become a salesman. From there on, then my, immediately I went to my second job. After he left the company for about a year, I went to my second job. And uh, I met another great guy. His name is uh, John. He hired me as a salesman. And I had $1,800 a month. And the company is called Air Tiger Express. Till now, the company still exists. And I worked there from there till now. So like almost 30 years. And I slowly worked my way up. I guess most people are going to ask, where did you get to buy all these cars and crazy stuff, right? So I was salesman. Well, AirTag is a pretty big company. It's the top 30 in the world constantly. So it's quite a few thousand employees. So I, when I hired, I was just a junior sales. Very, very, um, you know, basic position. And uh, worked my way up, become number one. Just, however, to make a long story short, worked my way as a number one sales in the team. Then again, number one regional, number one world. I had money I saved. Then at the time, my boss at the time, which is John told me you should become a shareholder because our structure is very private. To today, we got maybe about 30 shareholders. He goes, you need to become a shareholder. That's your future. So that's how I bought into company, become a youngest shareholder. And also I was younger, youngest vice president at the time. And, uh, and also in my industry too. And, mm-hmm. and after the 10, 11 or 12 years ago, they sold the company to Kawasaki. That's when we cash out a good percentage of my share. Wow. And that's where stuff comes from. <laughs> <laughs> Everything makes sense now, right? But there's a lot of good takeaways from your story. I mean, for me, at least, take, my biggest takeaway is, is the, is the people that, that were there for you, right? And yes. I want to make it a point that everybody has 
this this superpower to be nice and to help other people and to uplift each other because you know your first boss essentially changed the course of your life completely. Yeah, yeah, he did. Otherwise, I might still go back on the street. I might still, you know, he really did. And he was my father, and unfortunately, he passed away. And uh, you know, I, I right before he left for Asia to do his retirement, he came out go like, I want to sell my car, and it's his favorite car. I go, regardless, I'll buy it. So he told me X amount of money, like, oh, I want this amount of money. I go, no, 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 that's too cheap. So I pay more, and then whatever he want to sell, I bought him off for it. You know, it's yeah. uh, that's the only way I can express my gratitude towards him because he did change my life. Because it wasn't for him, I won't be here talking to you today. You know, none of the purest will happen. He changed one person's life, and now today I'm changing tens and thousands of people's life every year. You know, and I'm proud to be the one doing it, and I'm proud to be the one that's actually, uh, like you said, you take the one person and to make a change. And he did that to me. You know, he has faith. I don't even have faith in myself. Look, I ditch work. <laughs> I have five with other employees, and uh, believe in me, I, I don't know. You know, yeah, pretty amazing it guy. Takes one person to believe in you to unlock your potential. Right. Exactly. I'm happy for that. I'm really happy that you're able to. Also work at a company for thirty years, become a shareholder, the youngest shareholder, a VP, exit. Because look at you, Sean. We're like, you have an amazing life. You always generously give back. And for our listeners, look up the Paris Group later. It's like Sean has the best cars. He donates the best items to childrens around the world. So let's let's talk about the Paris Group real quick. Like, how does yeah. idea come about, right? And when did you start the group? This year's 2012 is our tenth year. I started. Sorry, 2012. We started in 2012, 2022 is our 10th year. But of course, we've been doing charity event way beyond that, right? So we've been doing total about 14 years, just first four years now under the name Pure Group. There's an interesting story I'll add in why I continue to do that about Pure Group, which is very, very important in my life too. When I was younger, I made a lot of money. I wasn't just given. I'm, I was charity. Okay, I'll donate money. I'll donate money. It's, it's, that's basically the end of my charity. I figure you call me out, you want me to do something? Okay, I'll donate money. That's my part of charity. Charity takes a lot of time. It takes, especially for us, we deliver every single item to people that needs it. And if you guys, most people, you don't know that purists, we never ever actually fundraised. We never ask the individual to donate money. We never actually do a GoFundMe, okay? Then where's the money come from? Of course, back, back in the day, I, I'm the one who's cutting check for all the operations. Now we have a crazy amount of sponsors like Michelin USA, like Nissan, SeaTag, Yokohama. We, this is all public traded company. They start jumping in. And so, so my life's a little easier. Like Nissan donate me a truck. You know, city of industry, don't name me another van, you know, makes my life a little easier, right? But that you're starting out agenda, right? You know, not like, oh, 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 I'm doing charity now. Can you donate any money? Since for 10 years, we didn't take one penny from other people. So we're pretty solid, you know, I mean, and we went from 10 years ago, we went from donate, maybe just me and a few friends, we pitching each other's money. I say, hey, you know me now. So I'm good for 500 bucks. Give me 500 bucks, Brian. And you're giving me that 500 bucks. So we pull our money together. Then we do toys are us. We buy a bunch of toys. Then we start sending out to the kids. Then what we do, what I did before is I show the receipts online and to show individual who donate how much, right? And boom, and just show them total adds up to, to be, like say $5,000. We bought $5,000 with toys and we go and deliver it. Made the life a lot easier at a time. Yeah, that's how Purist started. A couple of friends want to make a difference. Until today, they're still part of the Purist group. And, uh, yeah. and, and you went from there until spiral to this 10, 15,000 member which is cool because all car enthusiasts, all motorcycle enthusiasts, but it's no longer about cars and motorcycle anymore. It's more about the agenda and the, what we are doing. So right now they brought in a lot of school teachers, a lot of kids, has to be you know, 16 and over to come in and they volunteer because every year we do our events, it's eight to 10,000 people coming. We have probably about 400, 400 volunteers coming. That's our, our biggest event. So, you know, it's 
when you see that, you know, you're humble by experience. You know, I have to be humble because of that, because I know I'm not dealing with tangible items, but I'm dealing with non-tangible items, I'm dealing with emotion, dealing with people's feelings, dealing with people's needs. I'm able to provide that and I had to do my best continually to do that. Life-changing moment for Pierce was nine years ago. So most of you guys probably don't know, but right now I'm okay to talk about it because I already talked about it in many different magazines. So nine years ago, there was a very famous car accident, which is actually, I don't know if you, you know about this, uh, it's Paul Walker's accident. So that was actually my, on my event and Paul Walker is actually one of my best friends. So um, get a little emotional about this every time I talk about it. Mm-hmm. So Paul Walker is my best friend and he came to my events and he, that event, all the toys supposed to go to his organization, Reach Out Worldwide. And uh, unfortunately the accident happens, right? So uh, that's why every year we do our t-shirt, it's a limited, we don't, we don't sell it, only volunteer gets the t-shirt. And the staff gets t-shirts. So this is our t-shirt I'm wearing for last year. <laughs> I designed it. So every time we have a shoulder, it always says 47. So he's Paul Walker the fourth, with seven being his favorite number. So that's why 47 has officially become a number on um, whichever stuff I do. And it's like, it's like carry your brother on your shoulder, you know, he's forever with us. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, we lost, uh, the war lost a great guy on that day. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. And for that, doesn't matter how tough, even during COVID time, we went out to delivery. We still host a toy drive. We make sure those kids have a holiday, even especially in COVID time. And uh, we make sure everybody's taken care of. Yeah. That's the reason why. That's the reason and motivation behind it. <laughs> we lost a good friend. That's all. I'm really, really sorry to hear that. You know. No, no, no. You got to look at it, okay? As an actor, he's known, but he's not like super famous. But because of this, this is the guy that actually would go onto the street and pick up a homeless guy and take him home. I, I was there. I was there. So I seen it. That's, and I learned that from him. And I learned that to be charitable towards human, mankind. I learned to be kind and do good to people. He's a Hollywood celebrity. He doesn't have to care about homeless people. And he's always that kind. Imagine he's that kind towards a random stranger. And it's heaven to be his friend. You know, he always texts you, say, how are you doing today? I'm on a shoot. Are you okay? Just checking on you, blah, 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 blah. He's like, he's that kind of guy. And, and it's kind of sad we lost him. It's just, yeah, let's move on to a different topic. Yeah, but that's <laughs> the reason why we couldn't need to do it. He's the reason why... The accident happened was one of the reasons. It's a wake-up call. You wake up and you don't understand. Life is really too short. I mean, yes, I have a lot of stuff. It could go away just like that. It could be today. It could be tomorrow. What are you going to use your life for? And I, after that moment, I, dev- I devoted my life to make a change in different people's life as much as I can. I'm not God, so I cannot do them all. But I try my best to do as much as I can. Yeah, and so, your reputation supersedes you, right? And that's how oh, I heard you. it too. And it's like, cool telling me that hey like you need to reach out to this guy named sean lee and you need to talk to him (laughs) he's doing some great things the more i look into who you are as a person and the stories that you share you're very humble right you don't share a lot about yourself at all i feel like this is like the first podcast out there where we're getting a deep insight of who you really are yeah i I like podcasts with you know we've been talking to each other for a few times i like podcasts because it's, it's, it's personal in a way, right? And uh, this one's very, very personal. And uh, yeah, like yesterday, we just saved 53 dogs from getting killed. Oh my goodness. You know, one Facebook Live and two days, they went out adopt 53 dogs. Just yeah. to kill all 53 today, uh, Thursday. Thank you. I just posted on my IG. It was a great today. Like, I was so frustrated. I was losing hair uh, from <laughs> Tuesday when I get in the news. Wednesday, we did a four, uh, the Facebook Live. And Thursday morning, I got a news that all 53 dogs got rescued. I was like, oh. It's like, it's cool. And that's a cool day. That moment when I hear that news, that text, money, cars, anything fancy in the world cannot buy that. And people don't understand that. People buy stuff because for instant, instant gratifications, they're lacking something. 
they need to buy something to show that I have this. Not not a wrong thing to do, but this moment, that moment I have, it's epic. It's Picasso moment, man. It's just think about it, bring a smile to my face. We'll never know those things unless you share them with us, right? And I'm so glad that you're sharing with us. And I don't know, I just feel a connection with you because the way that you operate with your heart is very similar to the way I operate as well. It's like I, I like to to do things that will benefit the world, right? Yes. I'm kind of curious too, like, I feel like you're, you're such a giver, right? So like, how have you been taking care of yourself, right? You're always constantly, you know, fundraising, helping friends, supporting other people, children. What, what do you do to like take care of your personal well-being and, and, and essentially your mental health as well? To be honest, there was a time when Paul passed away, my mental health was not in good stage. You know, I suffered depression, PTSD, because I actually seen an accident happen right in front of me, right? So, so it was very tough for me. For about two years of time, I just, I went, down, went on a downward spiral and I understand what PTSD is all about now. I was drinking and was like not eating right, lost a lot of weight. I, I mean, I'm six foot one. I went down to about 130 pounds and for a while and I don't want to see anybody. I locked myself in a room and I went to that cycle and now I learned. And guess what? I'm not saying it today as a purist founder. I'm saying purist changed my life because... Purist member comes out and say, you have to come out. Then when I go outside, first time I walk out of my house, they take me to see a couple of kids that suffer terminally ill. I really don't want to do this at the time. I was very sad. Again, that goes back to my childhood, then then the car accident. I was like, I was very self-pity. I was like, oh man, this, I'm not going to save the world. Why do I want to do that? I can't even deal with myself. The moment I see those kids, I, I stood up. I go, if I could do something for them right now, I'd do it. And I did it. And I went back and see them almost every other day. And so by doing good day out there, it's like if you just lock your room by yourself, you don't deal with the outside world. You not understand what interaction with humans is all about. When you first time see a human, you're going to be like, oh my God, you're a human being? Other than me? Human interaction has some intricate details. You have to go out and do it. Then you will feel it. That moment when I see those kids that they're dying, they want the last breath of life and they, they still want to be there. Me? I'm perfectly okay. You know, I have my legs, I have my eyes. I don't have a tumor growth on my brain like this and about to die next week. They have the will of survival. I should too. And that's when I woke up. And I went out and do more and more and more each year. You know, first year we, we do 2011, if you Google it, and then we do, do a toy drive. Maybe 30 people showed up, right? We got maybe about four suitcases or five suitcases worth of uh, toys. Now we're pushing 30, 35,000 toys. Back to school backpack, we just started. That's one of my favorite events. Back to school backpack. We started a couple of years ago delivering 40 backpacks to one school because one teacher say one student was bullied because he's carrying a shitty, excuse me, really bad backpack. I was like, really? I, I don't even know this thing like that exists because when my, my day we could bully like that, right? Plus we're Asian, but whatever. Then I go, okay, I'll go to your school. And since you have one in your classroom, check out with other teacher, how many do you need? So she said 40. We sent over 40. I say, and I told my team, go, this is what we should do every year from now on. So now every year now we do guess how much we're doing. We're doing 5,000 backpack. Next year, we're going to break the world record. We shoot for 7,500. World record is only 6,300 or something like that. So it's tragedy doesn't mean you're going to be stuck yourself in that room. One person can pull you out. Therapy, alcohol, anything can pull you out. It's here. It's all mental. It's a hard. It's, yeah, it's hard. I cry. I cry my heart. So I just, I just cry because I miss him, right? That's emotion. Controlling your emotion and channel to the right directions. That's the key thing. So yeah. You're absolutely right, right? Here. And you're doing great too. You look at, I remember when I first got on, somebody added them in and you guys only has like three, 400 members, right? Now you're doing great. You're doing this podcast. You're telling people the story about fellow agents in the community. It's, it's wonderful. I mean, I got to know you. I see the younger generation that, that 
when I see now when I see you, I see hope in our Asian American in America that we have hope because you can influence other younger generation to do the right thing, to think with the right、uh, mindsets. That's big. That's huge. You know,、yeah. when was I your? When, when, I think I told you when was I your age? I couldn't do this. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> I'm not as good as you. No, I wouldn't say that. All right. I feel like you definitely trailblazed the trail for us to someone to look up to. Right. Because you, already during this podcast, I already look up to you, and in a weird way, I'm sort of envisioning myself in like ten, twenty years, and like what would I be doing? Right. And to be honest, it gives me a lot of hope because I feel like personally, I will never give up on this. And I want to continue building great things for the community, right?、Yeah. And I feel like there's still a lot of things left to do. Just we barely scratched the surface of what needs to be done, right? Oh yeah, look at Elon Musk, man. He just has guys as a dream. He's、yeah. sending people to the moon. He's he's covering the Earth with forty two thousand satellites. <laughs> Started with a dream, man. Yeah, it always starts with a dream, right? And out of curiosity, like, what is your legacy that you want to leave behind with the Paris Group, right? What do you hope that The people in the organization will continue doing for like the next thirty, forty, hundred years, right? And rename and retain the mission that you have of the Paris Group. There's a book someone gave it to me. It's called Built to Last. I think every person out there should read that book, right? I don't. I never go to school, so I don't read that many books. So all all the books I read in my life maybe adds up maybe thirty, forty books in my whole life, besides the textbook. And I also remember Norman Rockefeller always told me that you build it, they will come. Right, so that's a very important word for me in my life. Right, Pierce has to go on, and I'm building Pierce right now. We are actually turning, we're actually official five one C three as of、uh, last year. But again, I, my strict rule is that we're not doing any fundraising. Right, we will take sponsorship money from a major corporate, which is easier for us to explain that how we use the money. But individual, I get twenty dollars, fifty dollars from here. It's just no point. Right, and plus I like to keep our agenda pure and simple. That means. You know, when you donate merchandise, you don't. If you donate diaper to me, unless I'm wearing it, <laughs> so you know the diaper is gonna go to somebody. You know, so we always ask for merchandise. That's a that's one of the rule. We're launching Purus globally, especially towards Asia. We officially turned from C3, and the idea is to run it as not with Sean Lee's name on there. It shouldn't have doing something right. It shouldn't have one person's name on there. I shouldn't be well known because of Purus. Purus should be well known because of Purus, not because Sean Lee's name. You see my point? This is not like endorsement or like Coca Cola. Hey, I'm 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 Shanley. I endorse Coca Cola. I'm sorry, let's take Coca Cola out of it. But you see my point, right? Purist should not be a brand, but purist should be awareness of why. Why do you want to be a purist? Why do you want to be in this group of people? Because this group of people are doing good deeds. And if I have kids one day, they grow up, I want them to play with the people that are within purist. Because you know, there's some. I'm not gonna say 100%. Most people in there is gonna be good people. Just like you're going to a good school, you're going to a good school. You join fraternity. Why? Because you want to hang around with a good group of people. Most people in Pierce are very influential. They're very, they're, they're actually a group of very, very good people. That's why they have a, a good intention. That's why they stay in Pierce. Pierce would have very strict rule. You receive a lot of posts. If you have one post, that's we have one strike rule, not three. That's you discredit somebody, or you're cursing somebody, or you're being anything. Because when you say something, you're able to tell that people's intention, what they're thinking. You know, they're out. So a lot of people get kicked out of Pure as they get mad, but think about it: we don't charge you a membership fee, we don't sell you any products. You know, you come in and it's for free. We just ask you, you know, come to charity event, be good and do good to people. Even our sticker, I printed, I gave away for free. You come to a charity event, you get to earn, earn yourself a sticker, right? The more charity you in, you go, the more sticker you have, right? So you know, and people said they couldn't buy the sticker, they couldn't get a sticker. We got people actually went out and print their own stickers. They're mad they couldn't get it because they never come to the events. And they want they want their Instagram go oh I didn't get a sticker because they won't get it. 
because you think you can come to charity events. Uh, yeah, I need a I need to get a sticker one day. I'm gonna ask you for a sticker, Sean. Your sticker, <laughs> I will hand deliver. How's that? <laughs> I'll head up to NorCal and hand, hand deliver my stickers. I go out there very often anyway. So, Sean, I think your story is amazing, right? A story of perseverance, of literally starting from the ground up, right? And I hope that people listening to this podcast will feel inspired because you can always you can't change your past, but you, but you can always take control of your future. You can always take control of your mentality. And it's crazy what people will, will accomplish after they break out of the victim mentality of the restrictions and, you know, the uh, scarcity mindset that they have. And when they enter into a world of more abundance, that's where things happen, right? Where things change, where you can you start asking yourself the question, why not me? Why can't I do it, right? And if I can do it, why can't you do it, right? Exactly. A lot of us are always stacked with some sort of odds and it's all in our mentality for us to do. More. Exactly. Really, really appreciate that, Sean. People are always afraid to take out the first step. You know, as a rule right now, I'm 51 now, 52 now. I, a rule is right now, take the first step. If it doesn't break your leg, doesn't, you're not going to come out with one of your finger missing. Take the first step. I did that on many, many occasions. My job, my career, uh, peers, and always be kind. You know, if you carry a true intention, it's like, I'm not going to business just to mess with you. If I'm going to business, like, oh, 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 he's got money. I'm going to mess. You carry that intention into the business. It's destined to fail. If you carry a business intention with with person that has a good heart, like, okay, O'Brien has a good heart. I have a good heart. Mm, team up together. And, you know, we'll we try to help each other, you know, and business will grow. So Paul always says something, okay? It's amazed what can be accomplished when you put goodwill out there. So goodwill is very important. Sometimes we as a human being, we forget that. And I ask people to do the same, do good and be kind. It's very simple stuff, you know, Absolutely. then it's real simple stuff. Yeah. You do, you do good and be kind to people. People will notice you. They're more than willing to come and help you. I experienced more help in the last 10 years, not because of money, because of status. It's because people know that I'm doing good. Every time I want to do something, people jumped in. Like that 53 dog we saved yesterday in 48 hours. There's no agenda. Nobody's making money out of it, but it's a true, true, true purpose. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I really like that a lot. And Sean, as we are ending, near the end of our podcast, I have to ask this question. You have a lot of cars. Which one is your favorite car? <laughs> oh, okay. So me and Paul, back in the day, we built a 997 GT3 RS together. You'll be that car. Because the sound of it, the how you drive, the car is actually right over there. It's just messy. But that's that's my holy grail. That's a car that I'll probably take it to my uh, to my grave. And uh, <laughs> But, you know, if I if I ever fortunately pass one day, and uh, I, will, I will donate a car back to Paul's family. And uh, whatever they want to do to it, because uh, you're gonna make me cry it again. It's a uh, imagine what you see on Fast and Furious. At the end of the day, they even when Diesel look at each other and everybody go on their separate road. Yeah, that's the moment that that, that really gets me. And uh, and you know that I've been doing a lot of charity with his brother Cody right now. So we're, we're like, unfortunately, he moved to Arizona. And, uh, and uh, yeah, that movie really got me. And uh, it was that moment with that song, you know, "See You Again." And, uh, I'm looking at a car right now and uh wow and uh i remember when we talk about how we're gonna build it what we're gonna put on there what wheel what fender what kind of seats and uh what kind of horsepower i'll put you know, yeah definitely that car definitely that car even the alcantara he has this habit of you know the alcantara on the steering wheel he has this habit of digging his fingernails and <laughs> right through it so when i bought a car actually i i bought a brand new steering wheel and shift knob for it now i kept the original shift knob in there because it's got his fingernails on there and uh just remember, uh, remember a good friend. I changed my life. Thank you. Thank you again. I mean, my apologies for making you emotional. 
No, 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 no. <laughs> no, no. Right? Don't get me wrong. Emotional is good. Sometimes a little tear is really, really good for human being. A lot of people like they're stiff enough. Go like, oh, I'm a man. I don't want to cry. No, this is not like sad. This is happy that I had this person in my life that brings so much added value into who I am today. Yeah, am I sad missing? Yes, but sooner or later we all have to go. It's either when we did it in our 40s or our 70s, 80s, right? Yeah, do I want him to be here a little longer with us? Hell yeah. But for a short time, we know each other, maybe about 10 years of time, he has so much value into my life. And that's why there's purists, there's everything that we're doing. So I'm more than content. I'm more, more than happy and cheerful that I met this person in my life. Not because of the cars, man. So, you know, but I, unfortunately, I rarely post about my cars because I want people to follow me for the stuff I'm doing. I'm not trying to get popularity off cars and all the stuff I own. It's just, I just don't, I, that's why I don't want people to follow me for because they want to see me out there doing things for the community. I want them to join me, you know, to go out and help out one of the kids, help out one of the animals, blah, 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 type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you definitely have one of the most purest heart person I ever had on the podcast. And <laughs> thank you, organization purist. <laughs> um, thank you so much, Sean, for sharing your story. How can people in our community reach out to the Pierce Group and connect with you and support you? So Pierce Group has our website, PierceGroup.com, but that's kind of outdated sometimes. And uh, but our most active is actually still within Facebook. But all our current activities, but if you don't want to read constantly notification from a bunch of car guys talking about which car is faster, you don't have to join the Pierce Group. But our activity is always best on our Instagram, which is Pure Group, P-U-R-I-S-T Group. You know, and my personal one, of course, uh, uh, S-E-A-N-L-E-E-768 and Sean Lee 768. But, but you know, follow Pure Group. You want to, you want to, it, it's, 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 it's quite active with all the, so the, the charity stuff. And, uh, you know, so mine's a little bit more some, because some of the charity event I do, I don't bring Pure's and I simply do it out of my, myself because there's a reason for that. So, yeah. I'll put awesome. all of that in the show notes. But Sean, thank you so much again for everything that you do. And thank yeah. you so much for being on this podcast today. Oh, thank you. You got to keep up doing good too. You're, you're awesome. Hey guys, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Please subscribe to the show. We would like to get to the top 10 on iTunes. So be sure to leave us a five-star review. We release an episode every single Wednesday. So stay tuned. Thank you guys so much.